Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sarah Has Things to Say podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McCallion, and welcome to episode six. If you've been following, thank you so much. If you've been enjoying it, thank you as well. Episode six is gonna be heavily related to something called self-sabotage. And if you're a human and if you've been in relationships, you probably know what self-sabotage is, or if you're a human and you just have a relationship with yourself, you've probably self-sabotaged in some way, shape, or form at some point in your life. This podcast is really dear to me because I'm gonna be bringing a lot about my own personal relationships to the podcast. So if you've been following, what you'll probably have noticed is that I have been speaking pretty chronologically in terms of how some of my mental health struggles impacted my earlier 20s into my later 20s and then into having kids. But I haven't really touched upon how those mental health struggles, how those experiences directly impacted the relationships that I had. So I talk about self-sabotage because I can absolutely say that I'm the queen of that, the queen of self-sabotage in my past. And I definitely didn't know that I was doing it when I was doing it at those times. but I learned later the impact of it and um, ways in which I can help myself to better improve my relationships and try to avoid self-sabotaging behaviors. So some examples of self-sabotage are, for example, cheating in relationships, lacking commitment in your relationships, holding grudges, passive aggressive behavior, withholding gratitude or affection as a form of like consequence, as well as not communicating effectively. So in our relationships, we have a dialogue that we want to say to somebody and sometimes we withhold, sometimes we say it in a way that isn't very clear and you know at the end of the day our partners can't read our minds so unless we communicate and in an effective way no one's going to know what's going on with us and it just limits our ability to have these strong relationships because we're not being fully honest a couple other things are just like unrealistic expectations of your partners emotional unavailability with your partner or this idea of mind reading this episode is actually going to be a two-part episode because what i want to get into is pretty deep and i know for a fact that one part of it is going to take up a little bit more time so the second part of the podcast is going to be one method of self-sabotage which is very specifically around disrespectful behavior so if you've ever had a toxic relationship or if you've ever been with somebody where you did experience some disrespectful behaviors you'll know that it directly impacts the health the safety of the bond so I want that to be a whole episode of its own so if you're like me and you know you love love you have been a lover girl and you also have struggled with some pretty significant mental health challenges like myself anxiety depression as I discussed in the previous podcasts around you know what it was like for me getting into childbearing years what it was like for me in postpartum You'll know that having those struggles, anxiety, depression, struggles with eating, struggles with body image are going to have a direct impact on the relationships that I had. But I also was a girl who also loved love. I loved being loved. I loved my friendships. I loved connecting with people. I loved this idea of finding somebody who I would probably spend the rest of my life with or finding a relationship that was really meaningful and deep. A lot of the connections that I had throughout my early 20s were certainly very deep and emotional. So I'm gonna start today by just talking a little bit about what my relationship experience was like. And I know that if you're like me, there are gonna be people that heavily relate to this and there are gonna be people that are like, I don't get that, but that's okay. So for me, my first experience with a relationship was when I was in high school, when I was very young, like 14 years old. So I was the kind of person who had a typical high school relationship. I had this relationship throughout my entire high school years. And for me, it was a beautiful experience of a first love experience. So It was like my first everything, my first love, my first experience with intimacy, my first experience with getting connected to somebody else's family. And for me, that kind of steered and guided the relationships that I ended up entering afterwards. 
So when I look back at my relationships, I think a lot about that one. And I know it's crazy to say, and I know people will be like, You're, that's so stupid. But I truly felt that at that age, what I was experiencing was love. I felt like the relationship that I had was the most safe, healthy. Sometimes I look back on that relationship in my adult life and think that was one of the healthiest relationships I ever had. When I look at the relationships that I, I've had recently or in the last few years, and you know, some of them that became toxic or that weren't as healthy. It's funny that when I was so young, I had this idea or I had this experience with a relationship that actually went really well. When we talk about these moments of impact in life, these forks in the road, these episodes in our experiences where we're left with two big decisions, we can often feel like we're faced with like very daunting um, pressure and immediacy. Like we feel like we have to make a decision left or right and either one is gonna significantly impact our life's direction. So for me, when this relationship ended, it felt to me like it was the first time I ever had a really big decision to make and it was either left or right. Like if I choose this path, my life will be this way. If I choose this path, my life will be that way. I know that that was probably wrong. I think that if I had made a different decision at that time, my life would look very different now, but it wouldn't have been the wrong choice. I think either one of those decisions would have been right. It's just that I had to figure it out on my own and I had to live through that big decision. So for me, when I talk about that relationship, it was super significant. Whenever anyone asks me about my first experience with intimacy, love, I always tell people like I was so lucky that the person that I shared myself with for the first time was someone that deeply respected me, was incredibly kind to me and and didn't just, I didn't feel like afterwards it was any kind of like, I didn't feel used. I didn't feel like someone was taking advantage of me. So when I look back at that, I had this idea that men for me, cause I date men are genuinely respectful. Men are genuinely trustworthy because my first experience was like that. And, and so I don't regret it at all. It was wonderful. But as this relationship went on and as I was nearing the end of high school, I really started to get a lot of pressure and ideas around like, what am I doing with the rest of my life? And I had felt that though I love this person so much, I did not know myself outside of this relationship. I didn't know who I was. I, my identity was very associated with this person. I felt like everybody that knew me, knew me as that person's partner. And while I enjoyed that and while it was really nice, I also felt like, you know, who's Sarah outside of this relationship? Who is Sarah if I'm not with this person? And so at that time I made a really big decision to end the relationship. And when I look at it now and why I'm talking about self-sabotage is, was it self-sabotage? I can't answer that for you hundred percent. But what I know about my later relationships is that this one, had a significant impact on how I ended up sabotaging the rest. So I'll get into that. So when I made the big decision to end that relationship, it was predominantly because of what I was just mentioning. Like I didn't know myself outside of the relationship. I didn't know what my future was going to hold. I kind of had this idea that if I stayed in the relationship that I would probably end up married and with kids in a very short period of time. And while those were things that I wanted, I felt like I still had this life that I had to live outside of this relationship. And like I was saying, while I love this person very much, I made the decision to end the relationship based on the fact that I wanted to explore my own identity. I wanted to explore my own life on my own terms and by myself. Now at that time when the relationship ended, it was very confusing. And the person that I ended up breaking up with was very hurt by it naturally. And I was very hurt by it as well. But how I perceived that situation, I allowed it to impact me for the next four to five years after. I knew that I had hurt this person and I knew that I could have been making a very big mistake leaving the relationship, but I chose to leave anyways. And seeing the aftermath of that and seeing how hurt he was and seeing how hurt I was, I really punished myself for many years later being like, wow, I really hurt somebody and I'm like a bad person. Like I'm the one that should be punished. I shouldn't have hurt this person. I really love somebody and I let them go because of my own like selfishness or whatever the case may be. But essentially later on, 
on, I developed this ideology that maybe I didn't deserve love. And while I loved love and while I loved the intimate connection with other people, I had developed this idea that, oh, maybe I don't deserve it because I'll just hurt people. So I developed this toolbox of these self-sabotage behaviors so that I could theoretically push people away before I was left or hurt people before I was hurt. And I was so afraid of feeling the way that I did at that time, feeling hurt or hurting somebody else that I had all these things that I was doing that like inevitably created these toxic patterns that essentially ended the relationship, ended healthy relationships, mainly because I was like so fearful of that commitment. So when I talk about one of the self-sabotage behaviors, I'm, I'm, talking about that fear of commitment and how so many of us have that. We love the person, we love the relationship we we're in, but we're not able to give that person this like comfort or safety of knowing like this is a forever thing or this is gonna be long-term. And so I definitely did that in relationships after this significant one. I had a really hard time getting into relationships. I had a really hard time meeting people that I could connect with. I had a really hard time get letting people get to know me. So while I was struggling with all these other mental health issues that I discussed, I was really pulled away from having those intimate connections. So my, com my commitments to people were very short lived. And while now when I look back at it, I don't regret what I went through or what I did or how I got to this place that I'm at right now. It really impacted this concept that what do I deserve and do I deserve love? And because I hurt this person, I'm bad and I shouldn't have good things. And you know, all these different again, self-sabotage thoughts, self-sabotage behaviors that generally impact who we end up with and how we guide our relationships when we're actually in them. So that was sort of like the start of my relationship experience. And so I was mentioning, like, I loved love. I loved being in relationships. I loved having somebody that I was so close with that knew me on a deeper level, but I was also not able to be fully open because of some of the struggles that I was having, some of the struggles at home, some of the struggles with my anxiety, some of the struggles with depression. And because of my age and because of how young I was, developmentally, I wasn't able to put all these connections together. And so that's why, although I look at it as though that, that was one of the best relationships and it was super healthy and it was um, wonderful, there was an element of it that I was too young to fully understand what I was getting myself into. I was too young to fully appreciate the longevity of a relationship. I did not think that that person would stick around if I wanted to explore my life a little bit more, wanted to figure out who I was, while I know now that we can simultaneously stay in relationships and grow and develop, I did not understand that then. I had a lot of expectations around what I thought a relationship should look like. And so all of these things that don't guide healthy relationships, fruitful relationships, they were all at play here. So the other part about it is while I talk about love and while I talk about loving love, and if you're like me, you'll know that, um, you know, you fantasize about romance, you fantasize about um, being intimate with somebody or whatever the case may be, but you also just like have this idea that there is that great love out there for you. I know that not everyone's going to get this. I know that not everyone cares about love in this way, but you just have this strong belief that there is that person that's going to change your life or like that, it, that relationship that's going to change your life. Do I believe that there's one person out there that's going to change your life forever? No, I don't anymore because I have had different relationships and I have had different connections with people that showed me that different partners can bring different things to your life and not everybody is going to be in it forever. But at that time, and especially in my younger years, I really did imagine a relationship that was really romantic, really intimate. Um, you know, we were, we would be partners. We would be working together or working apart and just having careers, having kids and like just being each other's best friend. And, um, that being the framework for the life that I lived. So I would look for that in people. I would look for deep bonds with someone. I would look for great connections with somebody. And after that first relationship, after you know, hurting somebody and looking and really experiencing what it was like to hurt someone. I wasn't happy with myself. I just thought like I made, I probably made a huge mistake. 
I, for months and months and months after that relationship, I would really, you know, get down on myself and it really impacted like how I saw everything else in my life. Did it probably exasperate some of my anxiety? hundred percent. Did it exasperate some of the depressive symptoms I had? hundred percent. But why I'm even doing this podcast is because these things are not in isolation. All of the things in our life impact each other. Our work impacts our friendships. Our friendships impact our work. Our work impacts our relationships, our home life. Our relationships and our home life impact our work. And I know that some people like to believe that we can compartmentalize our lives and we can, you know, separate things. And if I'm having a bad time at work, it's not going to affect my home life. If I'm having a hard time at home, it's not going to affect my work. But that's not the case. And life is very interconnected. And unfortunately, like maybe some people believe that we can compartmentalize. But ultimately, what I know is that if I am struggling at home or if I am struggling in my work, it's going to directly impact the other thing. How I'm doing at work is going to play into how I'm doing at home. How I'm doing at home is going to play into my friendship. And so I really value that. And I really think that when we are being loved properly, when we have supportive friendships, when we're flourishing in a career or a job that we feel good about, it it aligns with our values, our health and our um, mental health is just going to be so much more fruitful. So I'm personally talking about self-sabotage in the context of relationships, but we can do these things in our workplace. We can do these things with our friendships. We can push people away, pull people back. There's all this just exchange of power that happens when we are in these kind of self-sabotage dynamics. We're looking to seek power. We're looking to, you know, gain and feel like we have control. But what we do know is that self-sabotage comes from a very deep-rooted insecurity. So now when, when you go through each of them, you know, people have a hard time admitting this, but even when we're cheating on our partners, it comes from a deep-rooted feeling of insecurity that's going to be different for everybody. For me, my some of my deep-rooted insecurities was like, I'm not good enough for this relationship. I'm not good enough for this partner, or I don't deserve this. And as I've gone throughout my life, even when I've experienced great success in my life, there have been those moments where like, did I even deserve this? Did I deserve this success? Why do I deserve this? And why is this good thing happening to me? And all those thought processes are all combined and aligned with um, these self-sabotage ideologies. So when that relationship ended and when I went through this huge period of change in my life, I started to recognize that and I started to identify like, oh, wow, um, I really do do a good job at pushing people away. Wow, I really do do a good job of making sure that I protect myself so much that no one even gets in. It wasn't until I experienced future relationships that I started to realize that this was actually a pattern rather than something that I was actively working on and changing and fixing. So in another episode, I'll talk more about different relationships that I had throughout my twenties, but more importantly, the fact that as time went on, I started to realize that, wow, I really do leave people before I'm left. I really do end things before I feel like I'd be in a position to get hurt. And these are all protective mechanisms to ensure that, you know, we're never hurt, but you still get hurt anyways. And that's what I'm here to tell you is that even though we think we're doing all of these things to protect ourselves or to protect other people from us, like I want to protect other people from dealing with me if that if I think that I'm not good enough. It's in the end, we're still hurting ourselves because we're losing an intimate connection. We're losing something that's really important to us all because we really haven't figured ourselves out yet. If there are people out there listening who have had a high school relationship, a young relationship that flourished into marriage and childhood and lasted and you guys are still together right now. I think that's amazing. Like that's so cool. That wasn't my experience. So it's, um, it's hard for me to look at that, look at life in that way that that would have, you know, been the thing for me, but it, it does happen. And some people make it work and they are able to grow and change over time. And, um, I think I would love to actually 
bring someone on the podcast to talk more about that and what that was like if you've had a high school sweetheart and you guys worked into you know adult life together worked in your careers had kids like I would love to hear about what that was like for you because it's not my experience but I know that it's one that's really sentimental so again like if you're like me think about being a lover girl like you love love you're probably super sentimental you probably care a lot about the people around you 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 think about them you want to make them happy you want to do things that impact the relationship in a positive way but you're also struggling with anxiety you're you're struggling with self-doubt you're struggling with um, all these kinds of things that are making it really difficult to connect with someone so another thing that in terms of self-sabotage that I recognize at a young age which why I'm saying like I would love to speak to people that have been able to make the relationships last a long time because how do you uh, learn how to communicate and when do we learn how to communicate right we learn how to communicate as children in our parent life our family life and we learn how to communicate either directly or indirectly assertively or passively aggressively or assertively you know there's all these forms of communication that we don't learn right away and healthy communication is not something that was I know when I was younger it wasn't talked about as much I know now we talk a lot with our kids about how to communicate their emotions but I know certainly when I was in that relationship probably the way that I communicated my needs were not a hundred percent in line with something that was healthy and that's just age related I, I truly believe but what I know is that when we're in relationships with each other we cannot read each other's minds. And if we don't ever really learn how to communicate our feelings to somebody in a safe way, the relationships are always going to get broken down by either somebody saying something that they didn't mean, somebody harming the other person in some way, somebody lying. You know, we do a lot of these protective things. Like I'm not going to tell the person how I truly feel because it might hurt them. In living this life where I thought that I was such a bad person for hurting somebody, it really took a lot of the emphasis off the fact that we are going to hurt people in this life advertently and inadvertently. And I placed a lot of blame and shame on myself instead of actually just acknowledging that like it's okay that it didn't work it's okay that the relationship didn't last it's okay that I'm on a different path now and that person's on a different path now instead of being a little bit kinder to myself and acknowledging that we were on different paths at that time what I truly know now is what is meant for you is not going to pass you by you know what isn't meant for you you'll learn eventually and even though um even though it sucks to be hurt it sucks to be rejected it sucks to be broken up with whether we're breaking up with the person or getting broken up with there is still hurt involved and even though we often look back and think oh did that person even care or you know we do care we all are human we all have feelings and we all care in one way or another but we all have different protective mechanisms in place protective barriers to try to help ourselves and help cope and help deal so when I talk about that first relationship what I want to be very clear about is the fact that because it went so well while it was happening and because it was so significant to me when the relationship ended I genuinely thought that all men that I dated were going to be like that guy I was so stupid I actually thought that like any guy I got into a relationship with was going to be as loving to me as kind to me and treat me like an equal you know I had no idea what was going to come later on in my life I had no idea how challenging it would actually be to meet a partner that I liked to get along with somebody I had no clue I just thought like oh I'd meet somebody the same way that I met that guy and we'd click and everything would be good and you know we'd have this wonderful relationship but that's the thing we don't actually get a million opportunities to make a relationship work sometimes we only get one and and sometimes we only experience love like that or like others that I've experienced once or twice in our lives I think that if we're open to love love will come to us however what I know is is that I had to go through a lot of trials and tribulations to get to even like some of the other good relationships that I had. And while I'm not presently in a relationship, while I can't speak to like the longevity of a relationship because I haven't had that, what I do know, what I can speak to is how to gain a healthy relationship with yourself so that when you go into a relationship, you try to minimize these self-sabotage behaviors because they are very harmful and we lose people by doing them. So obviously we know nobody wants to be with somebody that's cheating on us. Nobody wants to be with somebody that holds grudges, who can't forgive. You know, we want to find something 
somebody where we trust each other, where we're loyal to each other, where there's open communication. And we all talk about that. We see all these posts on social media. We see all these things talking about this need for open communication, for trust, for loyalty. But then do we even know how to apply it? How do we apply it in a respectful way with our partners where our partner feels loved and cared for? And it turns into this healthy and fruitful relationship. I don't believe relationships are easy. I believe that any relationship is going to require a lot of work. But what I do know is it takes two people. And if one of the people in the relationship is not kind of like, holding up their end of the effort or holding up their end of the bargain, it's not going to be successful. You need both people to be kind of on the journey together and working on themselves, even during times where things have gone toxic or things did become disrespectful or whatever the case may be. So I guess the main thing that I want to get to in this podcast, especially, and then it'll, I'll move to part two in regards to the fact that there are some pretty significant disrespectful things that can happen in relationships that become toxic. And it really is up to you and that partner to make a decision on whether or not you can manage to stay together or not after those pretty significant disrespects but what we will know is that you know self-sabotage is a way to push people away have people break up with us break up with other people so that we don't actually have to deal with the deep wounded hurts that we have inside of us and so if you're listening and if you're struggling with this right now I would highly recommend doing some research on some of the self-sabotage behaviors that you might be exhibiting or might be exposing your partner to and I guess the biggest reason why I'm bringing this here is because we block our own blessings we block our own successes when we truly believe that we don't deserve them or we truly feel like we're not good enough. I know so many people walking around right now feeling like I'm not good enough. I don't deserve this thing. And we literally never will experience these amazing good things that we could have if we, you know, if we don't put ourselves in a position where we believe that we deserve it. So when I left that relationship, like I was saying, it felt like I just thought like, oh, I'll meet people that are going to be good to me. I'll meet people. And, you know, I met a lot of people that were not very good to me. I met a lot of people that maybe were right for other people, not right for me. You know, you do that. You have to get to know what you like, what you don't like. You have to get a sense of like who you are so that you can you know bring that forth into a relationship but though I was genuinely walking around with my head like in this position where I'm like oh you know I don't think I'm good enough for this relationship I don't think that I deserve to have that same kind of love that I might have had when I was younger the universe always brought certain people to me and the universe always showed me that I'm still worthy of love even when I didn't feel worthy because the experiences that I then had later on I was like wow I'm so freaking lucky that you know this happened because I was able to experience something that I know not everyone experiences so though, and maybe me being a lover girl and romanticizing love as this positive thing in some way uh, manifested these things for me, but I definitely felt like in my life, I've had some significant connections with people that are kind of like those movie experiences. They're kind of like situations where you don't really hear about all the time. And there is one that I'm going to mention because it is super significant to me, but I'm going to talk about it more in um, part two. But basically I had this experience where, although I was at a place in my life where I didn't, I was kind of like swearing off men I was swearing off relationships I was able to go to Europe and experience this incredible thing with this guy that I wasn't even wanting wasn't even asking for but the universe kind of brought it in a way that I you know kind of was just like right in front of my face so I want to say that even if we do self-sabotage even if we have had experiences and even if we are feeling like we're not good enough we are still able to experience things that are beautiful and wonderful that might have to remind us it might be like a slap in the face that oh you do deserve this thing you are good enough we are good enough just by being who we are I know we always think that like we have to be doing something to earn those lucky stripes like earn that good enough prize but it's not like we're good enough just who we are and we are good enough and we are we are deserving of a relationship that allows us to feel safe feel healthy feel like somebody listens to us feel like somebody cares for us to feel like somebody is on our side even when we can see that they might be pushing us away or even when we can see that we're pushing them away we still feel like the bond is worth it and we still feel like we're going to try together to make the relationship work and so I'm going to leave off at that part two of this 
this episode is going to be super juicy because I'm going to be talking about this experience that I had when I went to Europe when I was 19 years old. I met this amazing guy and this amazing thing happened and I can't wait to talk about it more. But like I said, if you have been someone who's been in a relationship for most of your life, you'll, you'll probably be living vicariously through some of my stories because when you date and you've dated a lot of guys, some of the experience are pretty cool. Some of them suck. But either way, if you do get that chance to have the really cool love experience, um, why not talk about it and why not share it? Because it doesn't happen to everybody. And um, I felt very lucky that I got to experience it. So stick around for episode two, where we'll be talking a little bit more about toxicity, disrespectful behaviors in which we directly impact our partners and um, sabotage relationships. And then I'll be bringing a little bit into that uh, Euro trip and how it made my life much better after. (laughs) So I hope you'll stick around for episode two. If you've been following, if you've been listening, thank you so much. And I hope you'll share with people you feel can relate. And I look forward to speaking with you guys again soon.